Good morning, family. I'm really excited about what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about and reading through Psalm chapter 23, uh, celebrating and praising God, our Good Shepherd. But um, I filmed this and, re and recorded this a little bit earlier in the week and uh, before a lot of the, uh, the stuff in the news has, has come out and started circulating about in the last few days. And so as I was thinking and praying about this, um, I was like, man, I feel like a lot of us probably don't feel like celebrating or being joyful today. And felt like if I was at the church today sharing this, my tone uh, would have been a lot different. And, uh, and so I felt like it was just appropriate for me to send this quick video before we jump into the lesson. Um, and I hope that, you know, as we read Psalm chapter 23, in light of all the, the craziness and in light of just the, the tragedies in the world, that we can still find joy and comfort and hope uh, in uh, our amazing Good Shepherd, even in the midst of life's craziest moments. Um, in Ezekiel chapter 34, in verse 11, it says, For this is what the Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the estrays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. I hope no matter where you're at today, that you can be encouraged by Psalm 23 and find joy and comfort in a God who brings justice and peace to this world that desperately needs it. Take a look. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to all the incredible moms out there and all the mom figures out there. You guys are extraordinary and so worth celebrating. And I uh, hope you feel so special and so loved today. But thank you so much for being, uh, for being our heroes. You guys are amazing. But uh, my name is Nick. And uh, today we're going to be going through kind of our last psalm in this series of four psalms we've been doing. Kind of the theme of the day, the theme of the psalm we're picking today is celebration. You know, one of the reasons we've been going through this series is because the psalms uh, are there to kind of help us work through kind of the whole gamut of human emotion. And so you look all across uh, the Psalms, you'll find every single human emotion in there. And the Psalms are really meant just to help us work through some of those emotions and work them out with God and come out of those times even better and stronger and more ready to take on some of those challenges of life. And, uh, and so today, I want to hit on a Psalm that I feel like kind of attacks both those angles of, of you, you can pray in really uh, amazing and wonderful times in your life, and you can also pray it and work through it in times that are a lot tougher and a lot of the more challenging times of life as well. But our theme is going to be celebration. Um, here's a thought. God is the most joyful being in the universe. He's the most joyful being in the universe, right? From page one of the Bible, what do we see? We see God created this extraordinary place. And after every day, he's like, oh, this is good. And then he creates us, right? He creates human beings and says, oh, now this right here, this is very good. And so God, God, right from the get-go, you see his joy in his creation. He's the most joyful being in the universe. You look around the world, 
and you see the animals that he made and the incredible just plants and mountains and oceans and people and uh, all these things that God has made that he finds so much joy in. God, God celebrates. He celebrates life and uh, he's the great celebrator. Uh, you see him like right, you know, with, with the people of Israel, he set up festivals that they would have throughout the year. That would be these huge celebrations to remember who he was, to celebrate each other and take some time in the midst of intense moments of life to stop and celebrate God. You think about kind of the, the music that God has produced and how animals in the world and how it says how uh, the mountains and the stars and animals sing joyfully to God. Like everything is praising and worshiping God. And that's just the creation that he made. You think about emotion and laughter and humor. God is the most joyful, celebratory uh, being in the, in the entire universe. And Jesus was literally the happiest man to ever exist. Sometimes I don't think we go to Jesus to like try to find out how do I be happy, but Jesus was the happiest man to ever exist. And we're going to talk about a couple of those things today. And it's not just joy that's like the fleeting happiness of like, yes, I'm happy today, but then, you know, your emotion has changed the next day. It's this deep, profound, like full joy that God has that he also really wants to give us and really help us live by those. It was a great reminder last week. When, um, when John Schmidt was actually talking to us and uh, he was talking about Psalm 23 and he uh, was talking about how that's been such a meaningful psalm in his life, how he recites it on a daily basis, wakes up in the morning, recites Psalm 23. I remember him sharing that one time and, uh, and Brie listening to it as well, my wife, and she started doing that on a daily basis because of John, just started to uh, recite Psalm 23 every morning when she woke up. Uh, and it really became an anchor for her and has, be some, has been something that's become so, um, so much a part of uh, our marriage and so much a part of our individual walks with Jesus as well as Psalm 23. And so today, we're going to look at the 23rd Psalm. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, let's just go line by line right here, right from the beginning. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I think one of the reasons why this famous psalm resonates so much with all of us is because a shepherd has both the protective and provider qualities that we love so much about fathers, but also the nurturing, caring, and consideration that we love and crave and need from our moms. God is both the loving father but also the strong mother. And definitely want to give a shout out to my amazing mom who shows so many of these shepherd qualities. And uh, it is one of the greatest honors of life to have parents, to have a mom that also submits herself to the, to the good shepherd. And so mom, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. The Lord is my shepherd, which means what? It means that we are his sheep. God has chosen you. He paid a price to buy you as his sheep and has now dedicated his entire life to laying down his life for you. What does Jesus say in John chapter 10? 
He says, I am what? The good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And because he's our shepherd, it says that there's nothing that we lack. What makes us joyfully celebrate is not because of the condition of the pasture, but because of the care and character of the shepherd. Sometimes it's so difficult uh, to keep your joy in the midst of life's craziness. And I feel like it's so easy to lose our joy when we stop really loving those kind of those small things and we start to kind of compare ourselves to other people or even compare ourselves to who we want to be in the future. We're like, man, well, once I get there, then I'm really going to lack nothing, but I'm trying to get there. It's kind of that like ideal version of ourselves. Or, man, if only I had what this person over here has, man, maybe I do lack something because they have this, and man, that would look really good for me. Or, uh, man, I'm not there yet. I stink. God doesn't love me, and so I can't really... Once I get there, then I can really have that joy and say, man, I lack nothing. That's not really what he says. He says, man, if you just kind of remember who you are, that we're together, that I'm your shepherd, and you lack nothing. One other thing I remember in my family is that whenever one of us would come home, it was kind of one of the most joyful parts of the day. When dad or mom or my sister and I would walk through the door, it seems like, like all of us would kind of get up and celebrate, like, yes, you know, they're home. And we, we just kind of like enjoy it, big hugs. And uh, we would just have a lot of, we, we just kind of loved that time when someone came home because it was like, man, the whole family's here. And that might sound really weird to you and we're kind of cheesy, you know, but that's cool, you know, but that was like really meaningful for us. And I think God is a little bit similar. He's like, when we walk in the room, when we walk into his presence, he's like, what? He's like, my kid is here. I'm fired up. I can't wait to spend time together. And we give big hugs and he's so excited to see us. And I think that's the way we need to approach God. As we come into his presence, too often we come into his presence, I think kind of like feeling guilty or feeling like we should be something. But he's like, no, when you're with me, because I'm your shepherd, you lack nothing. Celebrate, come to me. You can find joy in me. I'm so glad that you're here in my presence. That's the good shepherd that we serve. But let's go down. Man, the Lord is our shepherd. We lack nothing. Then it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. You know, in this book that I read, it's, it's one of the greatest books I've read on this particular psalm. I'm looking forward to when John, you know, Schmidt's going to write his book. Really looking forward to reading that. But in this book, it's called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Philip Keller talks about how sheep only lie down when they are free from fear and free from hunger. The presence of the shepherd is what makes them feel safe enough and comfortable enough to be able to lie down in the pasture. I know for me, the times when I'm feeling kind of craziest or funky or down or angry or confused um, or ticked off or frustrated, uh, all I need is a little time in the presence of the shepherd. And I come back feeling so strengthened, feeling so nourished and feeling ready to take on those challenges. There's another video that I saw recently too that I think really brings to life what these green pastures means. And so take a look at this video. Believe it or not, this is called wilderness, Midbar, but it's also called green pastures. Now, when you take a Westerner here the first time and you look at this, you find people say, well, I don't know that I can go there because the Psalm 23, the Lord leads me into green pastures has been pictured as belly deep alfalfa. And from biblical time to today, it's rare to see a flock in the farm country. There isn't a lot of farm country in this culture. This is the land of the shepherd. And the shepherds lead their sheep across that hillside slowly, grazing 
what's there. Now you look at it from here and you say, what's there? How can you call this green pastures? Well, the answer is there's a small amount of moisture present here. They get a little bit of rain every year, not much, but a little. Second, there is humidity in the air, especially in the evening breeze, like right now, you can feel it coming from the west off the Mediterranean, there's moisture in the air. That moisture, combination of the rain and the humidity, condenses or drips along the edge of these rocks here. And if you notice, right around the rocks, almost always next to the rocks, you get little tufts of green. Get one a moment. That's what we refer to as the green pastures. Now that changes the green pasture image a little bit, besides the picture changing radically. Green pastures are not everything you need for the rest of your life. If you make that belly deep alfalfa, then what God is saying, if you follow me, I'm gonna plunk you down and you'll never have to move an inch the rest of your life. Just reach out and grab it. Tell me that your life with God has been like that. Worry, said one rabbi, is dealing with tomorrow's problems on today's pasture. In the desert, you learn, the shepherd will get you what you need for right now. 10 minutes from now, you trust the shepherd. Just enough. I love that video because basically what I learned from that is we can rejoice, not because our fields are so abundantly green and there's just pasture green everywhere, but we can rejoice because, man, we, we walk with that good shepherd. He's gonna lead me where I need to go tomorrow. I don't need to worry today. I just need to follow him. Thank God I have this incredible shepherd that's gonna take me where I need to go. I'm so grateful I get to follow him. And, but then I think at the same time, you know, like even though he leads us to those places that are just enough, there's also times where God has just blessed us abundantly. One of my favorite things in life, especially when I was in college, but now as well, is when I go home to my mom's house. And when I go home, my mom makes me lie down in green pastures. She gets me all my favorite stuff. She says, man, Nick, you better sleep as late as you can. If you wake up any earlier, like you're in trouble, you know, like she just says, Nick, whatever you need, don't lift anything. Like I'm here. I just want to like kind of just overwhelm you with this comfort and love because you're in my home and we're back together. And, uh, and that was like the best thing is coming home to mom. And I think sometimes that's the case with God too, where God is, wants to make us lie down so he can just lavish his love on us, lavish his compassion, give us grace upon grace, and, uh, and, just, and, and comfort us in those times where, where we really need it. And, you know, imagine in those moments if, for my mom, if I were just to say, you know, mom, I'm a little too busy right now, I can't come home, or, you know, you're doing a lot, I don't really want you to kind of worry about taking care of me. That would actually, for her, really make her feel unloved. Because my mom, what she wants to do more than anything is just pour out abundantly her love on me. And I think God wants to do the same thing. I have to let myself be taken care of by my mom, just like I have to let myself be taken care of by the Good Shepherd. I have to come into his presence and say, God, I need you. Please lavish your love on me. Help me feel your love today. Just let him pour it on. Because I think he's so desperately wants to do that. Let's keep going. It says, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. You think about that Luke 15. It says that he leaves 99 and goes after the one. He says, man, I need to go restore that one. He chases after the one that needs restoring. God wants to restore and refresh you. 
He will guide and direct our paths. We have an expert in this life. We don't have to be confused. It says that God is the one, as long as we hang out with that shepherd, he's going to guide us along those right paths. We just got to listen to him. We just got to hang with him. Then it goes, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, a lot of these psalms that we read, you know, this collection of psalms, uh, was written for people to use in their time in exile. And so a lot of these people are in oppressive nations, and they're scared, they're wondering where God is. And so these psalms were really helpful tools for them to really deal with uh, some of that time in exile. Because in life, gosh, there's so many scary things that people have walked through throughout history and that we're walking through today. And I don't know what you've been feeling, uh, you know, in this, in this time that we've been having the last couple of months. Um, maybe you've been feeling really scared and you've been feeling really uh, worried and some crazy stuff has happened to you. And, uh, and you're just like, just kind of holding on for dear life. And maybe for some of you, it hasn't really affected you as much. But gosh, it is a scary time right now for so many of us. And, uh, and that's why I appreciate this line right here. Because a lot of times, the greenest pastures require us to go through the darkest valleys. And as long as I'm with the shepherd, I can celebrate. I can have joy even in the really tough times, because I know that he's leading me somewhere. He's taking me through. He's going to protect me this time. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. As long as I stay with the good shepherd, he's going to lead me. He's going to lead me out of this. We can rejoice, not because of where we walk or because things are always happy and great, but because of who we walk with. Often, many times, you know, when I was uh, growing up, or I would see my parents going through really hard things and intense things. And, uh, and then I would see them leave the house and just go out on a prayer walk at night. When, I, when they came home, I would see them different. They would be strengthened. They would be changed because they had spent time walking through the dark valley with their shepherd in his presence. And then I love that it says, man, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. His rod and his staff, they comfort us, they guide us, and they give us hope. You know, for a lot of the kids and the teens out there, you know, don't you know that time like when you're the superhero out there gets his weapon? And you're like, oh yeah, it kind of gives you the confidence. Like here we go, it's it's on now. There's that there's that uh, scene in the Avengers where Thor gets his hammer back, and then it just fills everybody with confidence. I got a little clip of it right here. Watch for a second. There's too many of them. And I love, I love that, right? Because he gets his hammer back and he's like, everyone's like, oh, it's on now. Let's do this. And, uh, and that's kind of with God is it says that, man, because the shepherd, he's got his staff and uh, he's got his rod, man, I feel protected. I feel confident. Let's, let's do this. We can praise God even in the, in the midst of the storms. 
Then it goes on and says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You see the psalm, it just keeps pouring it on over and over and over again, just pours it on. And it says that, man, true joy comes from the hope that God is preparing something epic for us. John 14, right? In the midst of craziness, as Jesus was about to go to the cross, he comforts his disciples by saying, man, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm building a place for you. Hold on. You can have joy because there's great hope waiting for you. Then you see, man, my cup overflows. That idea of abundance. I think about Jesus with the wedding in Cana, where he comes out, turns water into wine, not just a little bit of wine, but like 600 to 800 bottles worth of wine. Like the dude, that's, that is Bree's favorite uh, miracle right there because of the wine, you know, but like Jesus is abundantly blessed them with wine right there. A lot of times the wine symbolized blood. And so you think about the blood that Jesus poured out for us, just how his blood overflows out of the cup. His blood is able to cover anything we've ever done and it's going to continue to cover that as long as we remain faithful to him. Then it goes on, it says, Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love this. Full assurance. Surely his goodness and his love will follow me all the days of our lives. The hope of dwelling in God's house should give us so much of a reason to celebrate. It's what Christy was talking about last week, that stronghold that we have because we're, we rely on God, that the Lord is my stronghold. It's like, man, we get to dwell in God's home for the rest of our life. What an extraordinary honor. You know, this Psalm teaches me that, man, God is so worth celebrating and that he wants us to celebrate. I think a good question to ask yourself is, do you believe these words right here? Do you believe this psalm? Or do all the other voices start getting in your head where you feel like there's no reason to celebrate, you can't have joy, that God really isn't your shepherd? Or do you really believe this? Is this a conviction of yours down deep where you believe in God's perfect goodness and not distracted by the lies that tell you that God's not good? Do you celebrate God in this kind of way? Is this the way you celebrate in your homes? Is this the way you celebrate uh, in your workplace where you're full of joy because you know that you walk with a good shepherd? Is it obvious in your homes? You know, a lot of times what you celebrate most is the thing that you get more of. And so if you don't celebrate God a lot, then we shouldn't be surprised when we, shouldn't, we, don't, we don't see uh, the fruit of God, you know, show up in our lives. And a lot of times we celebrate so many kinds of things. We celebrate, uh, you know, the greatest movies out there. We celebrate kind of great athletic achievements. We celebrate our kids getting great grades. And I think those things are great, but is there an equal amount of really celebrating God, celebrating each other uh, in your home? Because you get more of what you celebrate. You celebrate more God, you're going to get more God. And so how can we celebrate and cultivate this kind of joy and celebration in our lives? Just want to go through a few practicals to close this out. Number one, take notice of the small things in your life that are awesome and thank God for them. Take some of those small things you have in your life, the small blessings, and just thank God uh, for those small blessings that you have in your life. Get around joyful people. I'm not naturally very joyful. I need my wife, Bree. Uh, she just makes my life more fun and more joyful. I need to hang out with people like her uh, because 
this, it, it brings joy into my life when I can be more naturally critical uh, or cynical. Start the day or end the night with praise. I've been starting to kind of write my own little psalms just to start my day and end my night and uh, just to try to start my day with gratitude and praise and then try to end my day with gratitude and praise. Uh, have You know, during VBS, we have those things called God sightings, which is how did you see God today? Maybe it's a great thing to do in your home at the very end of the day is, and how did we see God today? Eating together as a family. In the Bible, when you see people being really joyful and enjoying God's favor, it usually involves sitting around a table, having, having food, having drinks together, and really enjoying each other. That's where joy was. Eat more together. Spend more time around the table together. Use the different gifts that God's given you. Go for a run. Play some music. You know, make some arts. Uh, all that kind of stuff. God gave you those gifts for an extraordinary reason. Go use them. I think you feel God's favor when you really use those things in your life. And lastly, pray through Psalm 23. I prayed it this morning as I was walking around, and it anchored me so much this morning as I prayed through each and every one of those lines. Pray through Psalm 23, and it will radically change your life. But as we come to a close in this time in the Psalms, in the last few weeks, and as we get ready to take communion and remember Jesus, our good shepherd, I wanted to read Psalm 95. It reads, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under. <laughs>